nap. Thank you for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'm really honored to, to be here <laughs> chatting with you. No, I'm honored. <laughs> no, Bar, I'm honored. Come on. No, let's... <laughs> I'm honored. It's the Canadian way, guys. It's the Canadian way. Um, yeah, it's actually funny because I was talking to this guy. He said he asked me how I recorded, and I said on Zoom because I also like the interaction of face to face when we talk, not just the audio. Even though like I end up using the audio, so but it's fun to like you know feel like you're sitting in the same space and talking to each other for real, and not just yeah. like you know one, two, three, sexy voice. <laughs> so yeah yeah because that's um, like all my conversations one two three sexy voice i know right <laughs> whenever you do a podcast that's uh, all every, you do yeah every time <laughs> test, test, sexy voice <laughs> uh, i should work in a radio station honestly i should just go and do that um okay so anyway I'm going to yeah. do a little intro, explain a little bit about what we're doing, and then we're just going to have, you know, like I told you before, a spontaneous conversation. This is how we do it. So my name is Bart. This is Let's Talk Creators. I started this podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago because I felt like my journey was very relatable in a way, uh, and I wanted to give back to the creative community. So... What happened was that when I started becoming a creator and becoming like started my journey as a creator, I kept looking at other creators and, and was very jealous. And it was very hard for me to compare myself to them because they seem to have it all. You know, they got it figured out. You've got the voice, you've got the signature, you've got the moves, you have the fans. And I'm like, you know, who the fuck am I? I'm a nobody. I sit in a in my bedroom in Toronto <laughs> recording with uh with the headphones that are not supposed to be for recordings. So, you know, and it's it's hard. It sucks. And it can be very discouraging from continuing creating. And then I started talking to creators and I started having these conversations and discover that, you know, we all start somewhere and well, we all know that we all start somewhere, but it's sometimes very easy to ignore and very easy to forget. And, you know, I thought that those creators sharing their struggles with me made me feel stronger and made me feel better and made me feel like what I'm going through is completely legit. You know, it's it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have creator's block or writer's block, whatever you want to call it. And it's going to go away. And if you keep practicing, you're going to get there. So this is what this podcast is all about. Uh, just, you know, talking really honestly about what we went through in life, what we went through as creators and how we got to where we are today. Uh, and today I have Nat, which I'm very excited to have because he's one of the first Twitter creators I ever communicated with and ever met um, hopefully we'll meet face to face someday, but Nat, thank you for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm surprised that I'm one of the first that you've actually chatted with. Um, and definitely looking forward to meeting in person sometime. I was just looking at your bio today and I noticed the line that said foodie and I'm like, ding, 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 ding. That's me. That's me. We got to come together and, and eat. 
<laughs> oh my God, I'm a huge foodie. That's my my thing since I was young. I actually, my first time becoming sort of a creator was when Instagram just came out. So it was like, what, 2011, 2010, something like that. And I used to go to like just really fancy restaurants and take pictures of what I eat. And I was just doing it for fun on Instagram. And one day I went out I was at this bar and this girl came to me that I didn't know. And she was like, oh my God, you're a bar, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she said, I follow you on Instagram and I go to every restaurant you go with my friends and we eat what you ate. And I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, wow. So yeah, I'm a huge foodie. I'm, I'm very known for that kind of trait. Also, my bank account knows it very well that I'm a huge foodie. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's jump into it. Tell me about you like I don't know you. Tell me your your story. My story has lots of facets to it. Love it. That's how a story should be. <laughs> True. But I would say that the thing that started it was like my journey has been about finding safety. Uh, I grew up from a young age, not feeling safe to be me and uh, questioning why I was alive and what my purpose was. And I think that was a driving force for a, a lot of my years and it still shows up today. Um, although I, I, you know, I've gained more experience and wisdom through the years. Um, but it's always this dance between, uh, doing what feels familiar and safe and letting myself know that I'm okay, even though what is, what life is presenting isn't what I prefer. Hmm. I guess that's like my journey in a nutshell. <laughs> Long story short, guys. Yeah, I, I expected it. It's usually a lot longer. Like I find it so familiar, this feeling of what is my purpose and why am I here? I feel like it's such a, you know, it sounds like such a heavy thing to experience, but when you're used to it and it's sort of like part of your process, it's also, I don't like... Uh, I want to say interesting, but not in the, ooh, that's interesting sort of way, but in a way of like how we, you know, how you process things through your mind, through your heart and having these questions that are very big questions. That's, that's a necessary step to become who we are. Yeah. I, I think that like, at least for me, from my own experience, feeling not safe to be myself led to trying to find ways to get it right so that I could feel safer. And so I did seek out what's my purpose or how to do my business right. And I would follow all the gurus or, you know, all the people building in public now, which, I mean, I wasn't even aware of like a year ago, but Today you are a guru. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I would say that, but. A guru um, would never know that they're a guru. So trust me when I say it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think so, right? That I makes appreciate sense. that. Yeah. And it's still, yeah, 
it's your experience. So you can have your experience. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So clearly I looked outside of myself to find safety, whether it was in the right partner, uh, doing the right, the best practice for my business. And I kept on jumping from one thing to the next, trying to find the thing that would guarantee my safety. And I never found it, never found it in, you know, things outside of myself. And that was the wake up call for me of like, okay, I've been doing all this personal development, put tons of money into my business, studying all this marketing and mindset stuff. And I still feel not enough and scared. What the hell, right? <laughs> and, and that was like a big opening for me to see like all this doing, all this trying to get somewhere, all this um, trying to make things better isn't supporting me. No matter how much I achieve, how much money, how much success or whatever, I never arrive at that place where I feel fulfilled, satisfied, and safe. And so that caused me to look within. It caused me to look at life differently and look at myself differently and realize that all along I've been telling these stories and believing these stories about myself that aren't true, but I thought they were true. And so I kept on trying to fix myself based on these stories that weren't true. Right. Yeah. It, it reminds me of, um, I had a client call the other day and, uh, my client shared that and she's like, like, Shh, don't tell anyone, not even my family knows this, but I didn't finish high school. And she held such shame around this and it overshadowed all the good that she did. Yeah. Right. That like from a young age, she listened to her intuition and did things that were crazy in the eyes of other people, but made her life work. But she missed all of that. She didn't really get to receive the the true richness of that because she was holding on to this thing that is seen as bad in the eyes of society, right? So she wasn't honoring herself. She was trying to, she was blaming herself for not meeting society standards, right? Yeah. And I think we all do this. We all do this where uh, we judge ourselves because we don't meet what we have learned is, is society's standards. And then we don't feel safe. And we, and then we, uh, we, well, I'll, I'll, again, I'll talk about myself. We hide the parts of ourselves that make us who we are so that we can have some semblance of feeling a sense of belonging and connection. But it's a lie because the people that get to know you only get to know a part of you and it's heartache for yourself because you're, you're not being 
known and loved for who you really are. Right. And that's really been probably another version of my story is how do I be more of me, but yet feeling afraid to do that because I built up a whole life based on who I thought people wanted to see of me. Who you're supposed to be versus who you're meant to be. Yeah. Sort of thing. Or, or even like who, who, uh, what feels safer to be versus what I already am. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, those are really deep feelings and I really appreciate you opening up. It's, uh, it's amazing because for me, I, I, I relate so much to what you just said. I was such a wild child. I got kicked out of high school. I got kicked out of the military. I got, you know, I wasn't in university. I haven't done anything the way other people did it. I came out of the closet when I was 14, you know, Mm. like all of those things. And sometimes I, I look around and I'm like, why can't I just be normal? Why can't I just be like everyone else and just do the things that everyone else do and, you know, live my life more peacefully, so-called peacefully, because, you know, eventually nobody's that peaceful. The people that are normal want to be more out there. They want to try new things. Those that try new things are, you know, being judged in a way or feel judged um, I would, I would love to ask you, like, in what way you felt unsafe, if you don't mind sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the the first thing that comes to mind is being a, a sensitive guy. And, um, you know, I remember as a kid crying in movies and then being told that, like, that's not normal per se, right? Like it's just a movie. You don't need to cry. And so maybe that's like one seed that's planted that says, oh, I'm different. And maybe this is a weakness. Right. And Mm -hmm. then, and then it's like, this is what it means to be a guy in society. This kind of macho play sports. And I'm like, I'm not that. (laughs) Right. Me neither. (laughs) Right. So um, again, it's, it has to do with like not meeting society's standards of, or the stereotype of what a guy should be. You know, I was emotional. I was sensitive. I, um, more of an introvert, which you know nowadays is more accepted and more talked about, but, you know, back then it was not, um, I probably picked up stuff from my from my mom to my mom had depression uh, and she had really low self-esteem. And then like she and my dad would fight a lot and it would be like for a sensitive kid like me, it felt more alarming than maybe it was, or maybe it was very alarming. And, and I just felt it up to the next level of that. And so mm-hmm. I always thought that they were fighting over me and sometimes they were, um, and then uh, I think also that because my mom was unstable, she would threaten often to leave or commit suicide. And 
Um, and so that was like probably another layer of, of like uncertainty of like, I needed to behave a certain way, or I was often the mediator as well, trying to keep them together. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it was just like kind of walking on eggshells or pins and needles, just like hypervigilant, try to make sure that everything is in place so that there's not a separation so that there's not, you know, a, a huge loss. And so th- I think that shaped a lot of my life and, and it became, it shaped my life in, in two ways. One is I started to see that my, the way that people value me or the way that I'm valued is based on these roles of where I'm taking care of other people. And, and so for a lot of my life, that's what I thought I needed to do. I needed to be around for the people that I cared about and that that's how I was in service. Right. But that also meant that I couldn't go off and do the things that I really wanted to do because my role was to be here. Um, and then I guess the second thing is still part of the, part of the same thing is it's about the roles that we play in life and, and how how we define our worth right and um that was a big thing for me to learn is that like my worth is not dependent on other people or the circumstances it was a huge piece of of learning for me but before i learned that it was always fluctuating it's so variable and and i also had uh suicidal thoughts um I never went through with anything, but it was just like, in a way it was, it felt like a way to escape the pain of what was here and not knowing how else to deal with what my life was. And likely that was the same for my mom as well, um, of like not knowing how to, to get out of the situation that she found herself in. Um, but for me as a kid, it was just really tough. Yeah. And also as a kid, you probably picked up that once you don't know how to deal with the situation, this is the perfect escape because mm-hmm. that's what, what your mom chose to, um, didn't choose. That's what she, she had in her mind. And I, I relate to that because I, I've been struggling with depression my entire life and suicidal thoughts and all of that. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it shapes a lot. It's, it is a lot. And to grow up this way of being like, okay, this is when you feel lost, when you feel afraid, and that's a lot of fear, that's the escape route. That's mm-hmm. the perfect way to disappear and stop exper- experiencing the pain that you are experiencing right now. And I think I think that's um that's such a huge thing for creativity as well. When you're in your head and sometimes it's 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 too much you know it's too much it's too emotional you just can't have those feelings anymore inside and i don't know for me when i when i have these moments of of real darkness that's when i go to painting that's definitely one way to let it out um the way that i've come to be with my emotions is really to be with them um, to like sit with the discomfort of whatever that emotion is 
and kind of be the space that kind of em- embraces it. Uh, it. And the only reason I do that now is because I have a history of avoiding the discomfort or distracting myself from the discomfort. And, um, and that shows up in how I was living my life as well, right? Like even as a creator, an entrepreneur, as a coach, um, I would find myself like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. Let's find a way around it. And earlier on in my entrepreneurial career, it, it became very apparent that like this way can't work. That whenever I come up, up against something that feels uncomfortable or yeah. it's going to stretch me too much and I didn't feel like I could do it, my mind made up this story of like, well, there must be another way or, or this business isn't the right business. Then mu- I must be able to do a different business. And they kept on, you know, and not seeing, I didn't see the pattern at first until I did. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what's happening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, and it's a great thing. I think that self-awareness is the most wonderful practice you can have. I'm really glad that you got there. What was your aha moment? Hmm. I don't know if there's one aha moment. What pops into your mind? What pops in my mind is the stories that start to not make sense. I mean, like, for instance, that, that last thing about, oh, like, this is what's going on, right? Like this awareness, like it happens so many times and you think the problem is the situation, not you, not saying that we're the problem, but the, the, the way that we think about it, the way that we've learned to deal with stress in our lives is the problem in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you keep on telling a story but then you also notice that you tell other stories in different situations. You realize, oh, these are just stories. And like one moment you could feel okay. And the next moment you cannot feel okay. And nothing's changed except for what story you're telling yourself. Yeah. And so it was just like that, that type of awareness. Um, I would say my greatest teacher in, in awareness has been money. Like I've struggled a lot with, with money. And so like the universe gets my attention through money because I'm paying attention to that. Uh, and then it also gets, gives me attention through or gets my attention through, uh, relationships. So, I mean, I, I'm in a long lasting relationship and, um, Obviously you're together and things get triggered and, you know, you, I needed to learn or we needed to learn to communicate better. And it's a, it's a continual thing. Oh, I actually probably also learn a lot through dance. My wife and I dance a tango, Argentine tango. And we've been taking lessons for, I don't know, probably five, six years now. And I see a lot of how I show up in life in the way that I dance tango. And so tango serves as this medium to help me see myself so that as I change how I show up in tango, I also show up differently in life and vice versa. That's amazing. 
That's amazing. I mean, dancing is like one of the th those things that I always, you know, I always looked and admired, looked at and admired. And it's like, for me, it's so out of reach. It's so amazing that you shared that right now. Like, I can't, can't even imagine like how liberating it must be. And also to be able to do that with your partner, to share this experience together. Yeah, I was just thinking about this this morning, actually. I grew up in the Chicago area, and then I moved to the Boston area for grad school. And I didn't know anyone out here. And I enrolled in ballroom dance lessons. And the, I think the only reason I did was because my ex-girlfriend had been learning. And I'm like, oh, okay, here's something where I can meet people and do something. But when I started, I was the most shy, self-conscious, inward focused person ever. Like the person that you see me here as now is not the me that existed. A whole new thing. A whole new thing. And, and dancing, like, back then it was ballroom dancing. Um, it, through dancing, it brought me out of my shell. Like, you know, I used to think, why would anyone want to dance with me? Like, I'm the, probably the most boring, uh, <laughs> you know, dancer that only knows three steps. Uh, you know, no, why would any woman want to dance with me? And, but I was surprised like people enjoyed dancing with me. And I started to see a disconnect of stories where, I didn't think I was a good dancer, but everyone danced with me thought I was, yeah. right? And there was even one time I was talking to some, another student, we were at a competition and uh, she came up to me and she said, you know, thank you for that dance. You know, we, we were like general dancing and dance with her. And I said, oh, you're welcome. And she said, you know, I used to think that you were really snobby uh, because you were such a great dancer and you never asked me to dance and i'm like oh well that's really i mean thank you for telling me that's really interesting because i don't think of myself as a good dancer <laughs> that's exactly the, reason, the opposite of your and, experience and, right and, that, and the reason <laughs> i don't ask you to dance is because i'm insecure about it right that's amazing so it, it again is this interesting thing and uh so when i first started dancing and i walked into the studio my teacher, uh, there was like a performance showcase, like re yeah, recital, dance recital playing on the, on the TV in the, in the lobby. And she's like, maybe you'll do that one day. I'm like, not a chance, <laughs> not a chance. But then she got me to do one and then another and another. And eventually I started competing and it was like through that, that like really drew me out of the shell that I had surrounded me. And, um, so I yeah, dancing has been a big part of my life. That's incredible. Wow. Nat, that's absolutely incredible. I mean, the way we, we managed to bring out our emotions through movement and, you know, the way that we just send everything out. If I do it through painting, you do it through dancing. Like a lot of, a lot of creators have all creators have this, you know, outlet, but it's so related to body and soul. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. 
I was going to say body and soul and, and like the state of awareness that you're in because, um, years ago I studied this, uh, this eye doctor, um, he discovered that he was an optima, uh, optometrist and he discovered that he could improve his vision. Like he improved his vision one, one moment. And then he went to the office and checked his glasses or checked his eyes and they hadn't changed. They were the, still the same, um, you know, according to the, whatever those lenses, yeah. nothing about his eyes had changed, but he clearly saw differently. And he, and, and he realized that our vision is not dependent just on our physicality. It's dependent on like the, the eye beyond the body that sees, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I share that because one thing that my tango teacher has me do now, when, whenever I dance tango is to take my glasses off because she notices that when I dance with my glasses on, I'm much more cautious. The time that I first got glasses was a very tumultuous time in my life. You know, and so it's like the glasses you, you wear actually hold a certain consciousness and you become that consciousness. And so when you, when I'm dancing without it, I'm much more free. And, and I guess I share that because going back to what you were saying about body and soul and your art versus my dancing, it's like doing these things allows us to access a different way of being. And when we're in that different way of being, we're capable of so many different things than when we're in that habitual, I'm not enough. Uh, I have to prove myself like that, yeah. that mental mindset. I actually do something similar sometimes with paintings. I paint without looking at the, at the paper, like I sketch, mm. but I'm not looking. So like I, I sketch from my mind. I'm like, whatever comes out comes out and usually it's it's weird but i love it because it makes you mm. feel free and yeah i think that that that's so accurate how when we look at things it depends like it changes the way we are aware of things right because if you don't see it then the fear is not there or it is there but it's a little bit quieter because you don't have to confront it. You can just let your body and your movement sort of figure out the way. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's incredible. How, how did you, from that, from being this introvert and, you know, having depression in the family and all of that, how did you end up becoming a coach? How did mm. you end up helping other people? The shortest, uh, telling of that would be that I was always searching for something. And I think around that time, I had a bunch of different jobs and like, no matter what I did, it just wasn't fulfilling, you know, cause I was like, it was money hungry in a sense, like thinking if I just made more money then. I'll be happier, but it was just never enough. And yeah. 
I think two things came into play. One is probably a couple, maybe four or five years before I started coaching, I was working at a startup. I was pushing myself. I was like on call um, and I got sick. And I, I don't know if you would say it was burnout, but you know, it was definitely. Um, Your body was uh, alerting you. Yeah, my body was letting me know something was up. And I found a meditation center and I learned, and mind you, I actually learned to meditate when I was really young because um, my dad was a huge proponent of meditation. But there's something about this place that taught me about like energy and chi or ki, however you want to call it, uh, prana. And, um, and I felt that energy from the first class and I resisted it completely. Not the energy. I was like, oh, the cool energy. Uh, but I resisted the, the things that they were asking me to do to, to like become better. So like I, I would go in and out of class, but when I was still searching. I was like, you know, there's something here. I went back, I started teaching for them. I taught classes and, um, and in the teaching there, I started to hear things from people like, oh, Nat, you have a lot of wisdom. <laughs> and you know, this, this thing that you're talking about is very wise. And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just. I'm just having a conversation. It's not yeah, like I'm, I'm pulling talking. anything. Or I'm just talking, right? What, what do you mean I'm wise? They're, everyone knows this stuff. Oh this is just God. normal stuff. Yeah, it's right? just like knowledge and life stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's just, what, what do you mean I'm wise? This is, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but I've heard it a lot. And uh, and the other thing that I learned from this this organization was like, our thoughts affect our energy and our health. And I started to put the puzzle pieces together to realize like, wow, our thoughts then probably also affect our lives and, and how we live it. And uh, that's when I was started looking into coach training. And uh, I did this program called Coaching from Spirit. So it was still very much coaching from this like inner mm -hmm inner place. And, uh, that was, that was the start of my coaching career back then. I think it was 2007, maybe long time, long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, for me, I, since I was a kid, whenever I was really stressed or really depressed, I would, I would go sick immediately. My mom was always like, you're never sick. It's only if something is happening inside, then you have a fever, then you get the flu, like things like that. I've always been this way of like body and soul are so connected. And, you know, it goes for the daily stuff too. If I want to lose weight, if I'm obsessed with it, I'm never going to do it. If I leave it alone and I do whatever I want, I lose it like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's so funny because... I think we never realized how, how connected everything is. 
And I can tell you my, my first and last experience in meditating, um, it was a few years ago and I went to this meditation set, uh, session in a, in a yoga place that I used to go and I cried after for four hours Wow! and I only, I only, I didn't even stop. I just fell asleep while crying. So <laughs> it wasn't even like, okay, I'll stop crying and everything. And, and then I cried for four hours and it was like this insane experience that I still, until today, it's, I think, three years later, I still don't have the courage to go and try again. Hmm. I'm not there yet. I'm still in the, I'm afraid to cry four hours again. <laughs> but I cried for a specific reason that was haunting me. Um, it was my, my dog who passed away. Um, and since then, I feel much better. He died like 2015 and I, I was super depressed about it for, I think probably around four years before that happened. And since then it's like a weight, you know, just lifted on my shoulders and, and I'm finally sort of free uh, from it. Okay. So you went to do this, this, um, this course about coaching, but what brought you to where you are today, which is a little bit more specific from where I see it, from Twitter and the, the talks that you're having and the conversation that surrounds more like the creative process of our minds and, you know, mindsets and all of that. I would say that my work now, and I'm kind of just saying this for myself as well, I've been thinking about it, <laughs> is that I, ha I help people bring awareness to their ways of being, their habits to give them opportunities to choose differently. And my work these days is a lot about surrendering and listening to our inner calling, our inner nudges, um, or listen to what life is presenting to us and not resisting what life is. Um, I would say earlier on in my coaching career, I had this belief that I had to know it all and that I needed to somehow be able to guide my client to do something. And I feel like I was like, certainly my clients were supported. Um, mm -hmm. and I feel more and more that I'm less qualified to do that. Not because I might. I don't have the tools or whatever, but more of like, I don't believe that I'm the one that is calling the shots per se. I believe that there's this bigger presence of life or divine or the sacred that is guiding us. And that if I can in a session or through tweets or whatever, just bring awareness for people so that they can start to choose differently and, and listen to the promptings, then I feel, first of all, for myself, I feel so much more connected and I feel like I'm giving, not giving, but, uh, reminding my clients or whoever's in my sphere that they have always had the power. I think that's really important. I'm so glad you're here. 
could play, you know, on top of the podcast. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to write these things down and, you know, think about it. Cause I relate with so much of what you're talking about. Mm. Thank <laughs> and you. also it's, it's so, it makes me feel so much better to know that I'm not alone with these thoughts, you know, that I'm not like, I, I, I always say that, yes, we are special. We are each very unique, but eventually we're also made out of the same materials. And, you know, we, we all thrive to be happy and, and feel safe and feel loved and all those things that sometimes we forget that we're not the only ones experiencing pain. And it's, it's always good to know that you're not alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a joke around that. I'd, I'd say sometimes with people where. They think they're the only ones. And I'm like, you know, you're special, but you're not that special. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, exactly. You are special, but you know, not, yeah. not that you're, you're not, you're not the only, you're not that, you're not that special that you're the yeah. only one that experiences this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you my signature question. Ooh. Yes, dun, I know. Dun, dun. So, today, right now, what is your biggest dream, like your biggest fantasy for yourself? Sexy voice. No. Uh. That was good. <laughs> that was really good. That sounded awesome. <laughs> I'm going to make like a clip out of that and be like, sexy, sexy, sexy. <laughs> And put it as a trailer. Oh my God. Um, so my next biggest dream, uh, right now is, is, um, developing a travel company and, uh, I mentioned it in, in previous space, but I've gotten clear on it where I invite people, entrepreneurs to a destination that, that I choose. And it might be like a week experience where we, we have fun, we eat well, <laughs> we, you know, are pampered. Um, we get to see and connect to the world. Right. Um, but, but also we remember our roots. We remember the, like that life is not just about becoming more modern and creating that, that we remember our connection to ourselves and we practice stretching beyond what we've learned, you know, like, like dancing would be one way. Like I have this one destination would be to go to Spain and then mm -hmm. like do like, um, flamenco workshop because flamenco is just so. Um, I've never done it, but it's like, it's this thing, this fun thing that we can do and, and actually even like perform it in, in front of whatever, but in a way to practice, like, yes, I can be this bold. Yes. I can take up this much space. Yes. I, I can do something that is totally out of my comfort zone and still gain so much from it. So that's, that's what I'm one of the things I'm building next is like this company to not 
to, well, to create these types of experiences so that people can become more of themselves. And like I said, eat well and enjoy life. <laughs> that sounds so magical, this experience. And I love, you know, experiencing different cultures and going around the world and getting to know, you know, that there are, there are always other ways than yeah. your own. And, and it's a good thing. Yeah. It, it's a good thing. A lot of people have this mindset of like, my way is the way. A lot of people that I know are like that. And sometimes I'm like, just open it. Just listen and watch and, and you know, sort of like obs observe. No, how do you say when you take things in? Um, absorbing? Yeah, absorbing. Absorb, yeah, 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 yeah. Absorb the things around you it's such a it's such a magical world and there's so much out there yeah and i think that's a big part of what these trips are is to connect to like i have a dream of going to new zealand and connecting with like the Maori, oh, yeah. the like the indigenous people there or connecting to shamans in costa rica and just like learning from and not just learning but like like you said absorbing and having a um a visceral experience of of regaining trust in ourselves because i think that's yeah. the way going forward yeah absolutely i i'm a i'm a strong believer in you know trust your gut listen to your intuition so it really strikes me when you say that of be more aware of energy of your environment of nature just go back air quotes back a little bit <laughs> in time and rely on your inner self knowing that that's that that is safe it is your safe place and mm -hmm. and you know it is the the place where you can be free and be yourself and not be afraid or anxious or feel like you have to, you know, be somewhat, somewhere, some, somehow, someone that you're not. Yeah, make up for it. Yeah, yeah definitely. I want to take a second and tell you how much I appreciate you, Nat. I oh. really appreciate everything you shared with me today. This is very deep feelings and you're amazing. You're an amazing person. You're an inspiration and I love you very, very much. And with that note, if anyone is listening, I love you too. And I appreciate you being here with us. And I would love nothing more than you, Nat, and me and our listeners to take a moment and remember that surviving this life is special. It is something. It is an achievement. Every day that you wake up and you get out of bed, that's an achievement. And it's okay not to be okay. I'm here for you always. If you have a bad day, call me up. I'm here. Um, but yeah, I just want to, you know, 
Matt, tell you how much I appreciate everything that you talked about. I think that's one of the most important conversations I probably had in my life. So thank you mm. for that. Wow. I, I'm really touched to hear that bar and I can feel your sincerity in, in your words. And, and I've told this to you before that I think like one of the things that makes you such an amazing host of this podcast is your compassion and your, your love, um, because it, it comes through so clearly. So, so with so much potency. So, um, I, I really appreciate you. Um, and just one comment to those of you that, um, are celebrating your achievements of getting up out of bed. I just want to say it's also okay to just stay in bed. <laughs> you can stay in bed and stay in bed as long as you want until you feel like you want to get up. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, yeah. Scratch what I said. Stay in bed. No, no, no. Well, no, no. No <laughs> scratch it. I mean, there's value in that too. Also, we are recording as usual on a Friday, end of the day, end of the week. You know, it's cool to stay in bed. I'm going to do it tomorrow, I think. Just like hang out with my dogs a little bit. And, um, but, I also, I hear what you're saying. It's like I said before, it's okay not to be okay. Let yourself rest. If your body and your soul is asking for that, there is a reason. And this reason is good enough to postpone everything else. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nat. Thank you, Bar. I'm going to stop recording, but you can stay with me for a second. And how do I? We're going to stop recording in three, two, one. Sexy love.